let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we are back once again, um, but we're not alone this week, mate. I oh, know, how have we done this? How have we got someone else here? We are joined by a, a guest drinker, Richard Taylor. Rich, welcome to, to Opinions. Good afternoon, gentlemen. And, and, and for those that, that don't know Rich, he is the, uh, let's make sure we get his title right, he is the general manager. That's correct. <laughs> of the Victoria Inn in Colchester, uh, a place that is very dear to both uh, Martin and I's hearts. Anyway, nice to see you, Rich. Thanks for joining um, us. And you guys? Um, so what have we all got in our glasses? Let's dive straight into what we're drinking this week. Uh, mine, let's start off with you, mate. Some beers that were sent to both of us uh, over the last couple of weeks. Some came from Ansbach and Hob Day, 6% IPA, and I've seen some very good things about this so far. Rich, what, what's in your glass? I am currently drinking the uh, Utopian British Pilsner. I had a few last night, and this is my favourite of the, of the four I received. 4.4 crisp pilsner um i've had it in the in the fridge all day so it's lovely and cold what have you got steve i have got again i'm drinking some some beers that have been sent to us these were um sent to us a while back now just um just before we were told to stay at home so uh martin you haven't yet got your share of, of these beers but uh these are from broughton owls in scotland um and i am drinking a wee jock which is a a 1980 shilling uh 4.6 percent abv um tiny version of a full-on scotch owl which i'll be getting on to later well i'm going to show uh, both richard and steve the beer in my glass because it is actually looking rather nice oh, that's a um beer. crystal clear lovely uh, white foamy head and i have to admit those initial um fruit flavors i'm getting both on the nose sorry fruit aromas and the fruit flavors are definitely leaning towards the west coast style very well balanced, very well rounded. Probably not um, quite as bitter as I might like it to be, but that's a personal preference. But it does come in at 6%, so perhaps you wouldn't expect it to be quite as as bitter or as dry uh, as maybe some of the higher alcohol versions of the IPA. And interestingly, it is just called the IPA. They haven't classed it as a West Coast IPA. Very, very easy to drink. It would be a dangerous 6%. I mean... What's dry? Dry pool is 5.9. Um, and I can definitely see similarities between this and Jaipur, if I'm being honest. Nice. And that can only be that can only be a good thing if I'm saying that. In terms of this this wee jock, it's very toffee, malty kind of flavours going on in there. Uh, a little bit of an earthy roasted finish going on. It's really quite light, but I think this this version, the 4.6 version, is 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 designed to be a little bit lighter. So what else have we been drinking um, th- th- this past week? Um, I, I know, Martin, both you and I uh, are, are going to be discussing a couple of beers that we've both had this this weekend because we've got some yeah. some some views on those. What have you uh, What have you been drinking that's standing out for you, Rich? Yeah, a few of the standouts. I've I've had some average beers this week, and I've had some some rather good beers this week. Um, just cut the standouts. Um, Big Thor two from Lost and Grounded and Burnt Mill. Um, I'm just trying to see what they class it as. as a, oh, it's an American IPA. Yeah, really crisp and resinous. Six point eight percent, but drinks so easily. One that I'm ashamed to say it was the first time I've ever had it was Steady Rolling Man from Daya never had it before and it's just a fantastic beer i can see why it's so highly rated by everybody and again um mentioned them earlier the utopian lagers that i i drank last night i did all four from the box last night um and coming from a an ex-lager drinker it sort of made me fall in love with lager again okay cool i mean i think me and steve said it last week it's probably not too much to add but i think uh, since we first tried them in March, I think it's been good. Steve, should we dive into our? Let's let's talk about these two beers, shall we? Because that's yeah. that's, that's all we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, so uh, we both had the returning Jackhammer from from Brewdog, and and we both had the uh, latest iteration of their Born to Die um, IPA, which I think is dated something like the fifteenth of May. 
yeah. is 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 it this one? So um, and I know we've got slightly similar but slightly different views on the both of them. So uh, you want to start with Jack Hammer? Yeah. Um, obviously. So I did look back on Untapped to see when I last had it, and it was a good eighteen months ago. And then I know that at the time when they said that it wasn't going to remain part of the core range, I think definitely from you and I, Steve, and a few others, there's wailing and gnashing of teeth because it's definitely one of our, if not our favourite, Brewdog beer. It's um, also one of their better beers. Of the beers that they brew used to brew regularly and the beers that they've brewed a lot of, I would say, is there. Along with the, a lot, because I, I, I've got a lot, a lot of love for Dead Pony Club. Yeah, yeah, you're a big fan of that, aren't you? Yeah. Um, I'd quite happily go from Dead Pony Club to Jack Camera, miss out Punk in the middle. I had a can of the Jack Camera on Friday evening. Halfway through it, I'd already decided I was going to have a second can. It was piney. It was resinous. Such great aroma up front. Lovely flavour. And I have to admit, it is actually one of the most bitter West Coast-style IPAs I've had in a while. It is making me reevaluate my love for a couple of IPAs I've waxed lyrical about over the last year. One being Pondera which I still love, um, and also the Magic Rock Vocation collaboration from last year that was in Tesco. Um, I think Jack Hammer, as I had it, uh, is ahead of both of those for what I want from a West Coast IPA. I I don't disagree with, with anything you're saying there. I mean, flavour-wise, it was absolutely stunning, uh, and it was, it was literally like revisiting an old friend. Um, although I, I, I do... It's, I mean, it's been almost two years since I last had Jackhammer. So it's, it's it's very difficult for me to say, oh, I remember exactly what that tasted like <laughs> because, you know, I've had a lot of beer in two years. <laughs> um, but I, I do remember it being even more bitter than than, than that. I, and I remember it being like almost mouth-dryingly bitter at the end of it. And because one, one of the things that I used to say about it was it was a ruthless IPA. And, and I, just, I just think... They've obviously made some tweaks to it. It's still a fantastic beer, but I don't think it was as good as the old Jack Hammer. Uh, I'm going to have to say that that is the one point I think we do disagree on. Um, for me, according to my memory, and again, that may be a bit of a loose memory, considering that you're talking about maybe smashing a few Jack Hammers in the past. Um, I, I think it's up there, but I think even maybe taking that slight disagreement is. I'm pleased it's back and I'm pleased it hasn't disappointed me. Same here. 100%. And it's great that you can now get your hands on that in selected Morrisons as well. Uh, I've still not been able selected. to find it. Yeah. Not, I've not, not been able to find it. Not in mid or South Essex as far as we can work out, Steve. No, no. Um, so, and that, then that brings us on to the other one. So it's Born to Die, which a uh, little bit higher ABV, about eight and a half percent, isn't it? The yeah. Born, to, Born to Die. Um, it seems to have become an annual release now, whereas they used to do it two or three times a year. Uh, I cracked open mine yesterday, straight after Jackhammer. Seemed to be the obvious way to go. Um, and I found myself initially questioning, what's the ABV on this? Because it was ridiculously easy to, to drink. There was almost no bitterness profile to it whatsoever it was really really balanced it had lots of lots of piney and resinous flavors that you'd expect from i think they call it a terminally hopped ipa um but it was just it was too easy to drink and i don't know whether that was a consequence of doing it after the jackhammer but i would have expected it to have been an equal challenge to the jackhammer um i agree i i did exactly the same thing again friday had my two cans of jackhammer and then I, I did do two cans of Born to Die. As you can tell, Friday was obviously a good night. <laughs> um, the, it, was, it was just, I've written down at how, not, how much I enjoyed it. But in, on Untapped, I've written down, is it too well-rounded? Yeah. There is no, there's no, simply no harsh edges. And I think for a lot of people, it will appeal even more to them. Because, yeah, Jack Hammer, I think because it's got, a little bit of harshness to it and has got the dry bitter finish sort of flags up a little bit that maybe you're drinking a bigger beer i mean born to die tastes like it's a couple of percent lower than jack hammer yeah it was just um, like i say very easy to drink which i suppose if i'm being you know let's be fair to brew dog 
if that's what they're aiming for, then I think they've nailed it. But my recollection of the some of the, my favourite born to dies was that there was a point when I'm supping that beer. Um, maybe it was when I was having the um, you know 660 bottles, but there came a point where I felt, oh, this has got something about it. This is a little bit not tough, but it lets me know it's a big ABV beer. Yeah, yeah, and I agree totally. And it, it it wasn't 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 doing that so much, but it is superbly well rounded. Drinks really easily, and I think if you haven't tried it and you do like the West Coast flavors and aroma, but without the harshness, I think you'll love Born to Die fifteen oh five twenty twenty. Yeah, and I believe it's still still available. I think um, on on the Brewdog website. I mean, it's one of those where there are limited quanti- quantities of it um, because it is kind of a, a seasonal special release that they do. Um, but well worth getting your hands on some if if you're looking to do an order. Yeah, and it's coming a sensible size, the three thirty. Yes, for an eight and a half percent beer as well. Yeah, and um, I, I I did find that quite strange with the whole Jackhammer's back, but it's in a four forty because Jackhammer used to be three thirty cans, and it was eminently crushable when it when it was in a three thirty mil can. Well, yeah, but let's be honest, it should be in a three thirty. It should. Dead yeah. Pony Club should be in in four forty. <laughs> Jackhammer should be in a three thirty. Okay, so, so Rich, it's great that you've um, you've joined us as our guest drinker this week. Uh, and obviously, as we said in the introduction, you, you are the, the, the general manager of our spiritual home, the, the, the Viking in Colchester. But obviously, at the moment, um, that's closed and is, yes. you're, you're, you're furloughed. How's that working out for you, mate? And, and what for you and for, for, for the pub as a business as well? Yeah, it's all a bit of a, a bit of a strange uh, scenario to be in. Um, obviously, we were we were informed by the government to close the pub. So, obviously, since then the pub has been completely closed down. We've received, um, luckily, we've received this government grant that they're they're giving to all the local borough councils to then give out to specific businesses. So that that's good. That'll keep us keep us going. We've we've looked at a few bits and pieces, and and we if we start opening around September time, um, for us it's going to be business as usual. I think um, I think we'll be one of the lucky ones. We're 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 doing all right. I'm keeping in contact with a few customers um, as and when you know, making sure they're all all right. I've spoke to the staff uh, fairly frequently. Um, the latest is uh, is the good news story because it's payday tomorrow. So by the looks of it, uh, we've we've got all of our um, applications through to the uh, HMRC. We seem to be sorted and payday tomorrow, so there'll be more beer orders going in. But again, as for the pub, like your priorities there, Rich. <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's it's definitely on the list of things to buy. Yeah, but I mean, as as for the pub, like I say, it's uh, it's taken every day as it as it comes. We're we're keeping an eye on government daily briefs to see if there's any clue of when they want to open the pubs up again. But I think the general consensus across the industry is that we're going to be the last or one of the last industries to open. They're talking about uh, maybe doing a, a a soft opening and limiting the number of customers still maintaining your social distancing um and as you guys know in the vic to try and keep customers two meters apart from each other we'll probably have about eight customers um it's it's quite a a small pub with lots of sort of bottlenecks and the toilets are small etc and then you know from if that happens it's it's you know are the breweries in the position to brew the beer for us so that we can we can open fully or do we just open as a as a keg pub to start off with um because as i've discussed with some people you know breweries are going to need at least 10 days to to get beer brewed racked and conditioned and then out to the pub then obviously we need to condition it and and get it ready to sail so it's it's an unknown unfortunately it's an unknown scenario but uh, yeah, we're ticking along. We're all trying to stay positive. Myself, I've been I've been keeping busy, watching lots of films, gardening, doing my daily walks, etc. Was supposed to be getting married today, so you know, 
if well, I couldn't spend... <laughs> you're spending it with Steve and I <laughs> instead I, I of getting married I, to your beloved. I, yes, if I couldn't get married today, you know, second second best option was to sit and drink beer with you guys. But yeah, the pub's, the pub's going to still be there. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it reopening and I'm dreading it opening because everybody's going to want to go to the pub as soon as we open the pub is just going to be full of people that have been you know waiting to get to the pub the 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 love we're getting on social media is it's crazy you know you you sometimes you take it for granted that you know you see these people day in and day out and they're just your customers and you're serving them beer but in a in a sort of crisis like this you know all the all the messages of support we're getting and um, we've got one regular customer that that once a week he walks up to the pub and and has a little sob and sends us a picture of it and you know you miss you miss people that you see every day it's it's a really strange scenario i think once this is all done pubs will come back um bigger and better and hopefully we'll all have learned that you know we need to be a bit more tolerant with each other and love each other a bit more like we're doing at the moment but i mean i have to admit from my own personal point of view it's good to hear that you feel that the vic is going to be to weather this particular storm. Well, uh, we've been chatting for a little while. So, um, Steve, how's your uh, Broughton small Scotch ale? It, it was okay. I've, I've got to admit, I, I, I struggled to drink it. Um, I, I did have a few beers last night, and the, the the last thing that I felt like drinking this afternoon as my first beer of the day was um, a wee heavy. I've, I've, I've got to admit, um, <laughs> but it's yeah, it's it's malty. It's uh, it, there's lots of caramel, there's toffee in there. It's it's exactly what what you expect from the style of beer. It's it's on point. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be moving on to the uh, to the Scotch Ale now, the six point seven percent older brother of, of of the wee jock. Well, I have to admit the um, I like I said, I think I probably did luck out on this particular uh, organisation we did for this show. The IPA I finished about a good ten minutes ago. Um, so easy to drink, really well rounded. Still, like I said, got all of those West Coast flavours uh, and aroma, but doesn't have that bitter finish. But it's got quite a dry finish, just not quite the the bitter harshness. And Rich, how are you getting on with your utopians? Have you you've moved on to another one? I, I yeah, think I, I noticed you pouring. Yeah, that, that pilsner didn't last too long at all. Um, I've moved on to uh, the Utopian Premium British Lager. Um, so uh, another great lager, four point seven percent. I mean, I don't need to say anything else about it. It's it's just a great lager, and and I I can certainly see myself drinking plenty of these, especially in the, the sunnier climates. You know, we've got lovely weather at the moment, and this goes down a treat. Okay, well, while we're enjoying these, let's let's get into this week's question. Opinions, 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 opinions. So this one wasn't a poll. Um, this was uh, on the back of a uh, couple of discussions that we had had on previous shows and a couple of discussions we found ourselves involved in on Twitter, was, which was about blending beers. Uh, and we simply asked people, which two beers would you choose to blend and why? Now, um, I know, Martin, you and I have limited experience of, of blending yep. our own <laughs> beers. Um, Rich, you did feedback on, on this particular question at, at the time um something along the lines of the the classic light and bitter um is is that is that something that is is still frequently requested in pubs these days Ooh. in a certain circle of customers yeah we we do have a regular group that come in of a certain age and tradition that that will have a a few pints of of mix um whether it will be a um a brown ale and a and a stout, or uh, they won't. They're not much into their hoppy beers, so they they kind of sway from those. But they they do like a. Uh, um, I mean, obviously, our house brown beer is uh, the ambassador, so they do like to mix that with whatever we've got on our dark pump at, at the time this was one of the things that actually brought the conversation up wasn't it because i was i was there when the fella asked for half of five points railway porter That's and right. half of ambassador um brown Owl. and i and i stood there and almost shuddered uh, at the thought of that yeah that's right it, it, it it's an odd it's an odd concept but 
ale drinkers they 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 like you know they like these things and if if from my experience with something like the five points um railway porter if they're not too keen on the sort of the smokier flavors or you know that the, the roasted malts they like to soften it with a brown ale. Well, they're just yeah. wrong. Martin, <laughs> <laughs> your face there was just the oh, look sorry, of I, absolute horror. I can't cope with this conversation any longer. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's over already. <laughs> well, well, shall we have a look and see what some of these other suggestions were, were on, on this one? So, from Carl M at Marshall Isle Carl, port and impy stout, two-thirds impy and one-third port. I tell you what, that's going to have you singing, isn't it? And it just, yeah. I, I mean, mean he's, port, he's not messing about there. No, your port's coming at what nineteen to twenty-two percent. You're in pieced out. Let's be honest; we all generally say in pieced out is ten percent plus. That's that's a good end of evening, unless he means that at the start of the evening just to kick off the party. Oh, I'm so, guessing that's that's got to be an end of evening, isn't an end, it? That's an end of night beer. That is. Uh, so the next one, uh, and Martin, I believe you tried this before we started recording today. So this was from Sean O'Reilly at Uncrulia. I often blend Ghost Ship and Ghost Ship 0.5, so I can still have uh, so I can have three pints and still be under the limit. Now, now you you tried it, didn't you? Yeah. Um, what, well, I'll be honest. When I first read this comment from Sean, because this poll was a, a few months old now, I almost cried that he was putting the 0.5 into Ghost Ship. And I'm presuming this is when he's at the local. So Ghost Ship on cask, he's putting Ghost Ship 0.5 in there. Um, but we'll, we'll go, we'll, I'm, I'm going to try and get past that. But I did actually have a can of Ghost Ship and a can of Ghost Ship 0.5 in the fridge. So I thought as a uh, pre-recording fresh freshener, um, I'd see what it's like. And it was actually quite tasty. The the uh, citrus notes which you get from uh, Ghost Ship were somewhat more muted because of the, I think the, the Ghost Ship 0.5 is slightly more bitter. But the two did work. Uh, what they How they'd be with a, like the cask or tap versions, I don't know. But I thought I would try it. And um, I'm not saying I'm going to do it very often. But it wasn't a disaster. Let's put it that way. Okay, well, that's, that's a good thing, uh, yeah. at, at least then, is, isn't it? Um, from Martin Griffin at Martin the Monkey, uh, Sarah Hughes, Ruby, Mild and Orval. I, I, I can't, well, first of all, I can't picture a place where you'd get both those beers, if I'm being honest. <laughs> true, true. Um, I, don't, I don't think the form is available in bottles either, is it? Uh, that I don't know. I mean, Orval, I've only ever seen in bottles. And Sarah Hughes, Ruby Mild, I know is a much uh, loved classic cask mild, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but I, mean, I suppose there must be, there maybe is a place that has it, or maybe you can get the Ruby Mild on a on bottle, but I can't imagine what would have thought process went into those two, if I'm being honest. Yeah, well, we had we had quite a few on uh, along the lines of all vow, and there's, there's there's apparently quite a a, a popular blog post that Boke and Bailey did, where they blended all vow with proper job and called it prop prop all vow, um, and apparently it's it's absolutely fantastic. Um, we'll put we'll put a link in the show notes to that particular piece. Okay, so okay, I must have missed that can, one. People can read about it, but I mean, yeah. Big fan of both beers. I mean, I love a proper job, and I do love all though. Before I dive into the next comment, because it's in the right place now, I have cracked open my second beer. So I've got the Ansbach and Hobday, the Porter at 6.7%. It is black as you like. No, you can't see through this. Slightly creamier foam, cream-coloured foam head. And as soon as I opened the can, there was those uh, slightly smoky, chocolatey notes. So I'm actually really excited to get into this. I've got the old jock, the Scotch House. This is 6.7% again from Broughton. Um, this is more up my street. It's it's thicker. Uh, it's it's the, 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 the body is fuller. Um, again, lots of toffee, malted notes, uh, some caramel biscuit in there, um, and just a, a really smooth, soft, creamy earthiness on the finish. Um, this this one's working much more than the that the wee jock did for for me. Oh, that's um, brilliant. Um, I've just drank some of the porter. 
it tastes as good as it smells. That slightly roasty, smoky notes. Um, I think because again, they've just called it the porter, and a lot of the stuff at Handsback and Hob Day do with some of these beers are very much trying to look back as well. Uh, you know, and porter being a very much a London London heritage beer, I suppose. Um, that is tasting absolutely brilliant, and there's a slight uh, thickness to the body as well. Uh, which sort of uh, brings me into the next couple of comments. So from uh, Riverman Brews, a creek and a big chocolatey stout. I can now, see that working. Well, I suppose that sort of lends itself to um, the Guinness and Timmermans collaboration that they did. Yes. Very similar. You know, maybe qu- not quite so much chocolate uh, notes on a Guinness, but I can, I can, now that I've read that, I can see that completely. Which I believe somebody will actually reference that, didn't they? So Simon at Barley Wine is Life actually mentioned the, the Guinness and Timmermans Creek. Um, but obviously that's something that, that has come pre-blended. So that's the work's been done for you. Where, whereas I guess what we're talking about here is, is more you taking two beers and going, right, well, would, would these work if I put them in the same glass? Yeah. Although we did start off with the first comment with uh, a port and a stout. So I suppose it's all up for grabs, as they say. It would seem so. Um, uh, from Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert, cloud water make apple pie great again and custard porter. See that working? You can definitely see that working, can't you? Well, the, the concept would, would work. I'm pretty sure I tried the custard porter. I mean, that's a couple of years old now from cloud water. Uh, never tried the make apple pie great again, but can see where I he's did. going with those two. Yeah. Two, yeah. Um, and this, and again, giving another shout out for Orville. Aged Orville, three years, and fresh Orville. I've done this before, and it was sensational. Best of both. So I suppose and, that's similar. That's similar to blending when they used to blend the old porters and and Guinness and stuff like that, isn't it? Yes, yes. So you take a beer that's aged, you you blend it with a bit of the new stuff, and what you get actually is a is a, a completely different beer. And that's what they do with lambics. I mean, often a lot of lambics are one, two, and three years blended yeah. by the time you're drinking them in the bottle. So I can I can see that. And then one one final one, which I think is just um, again one that I really wouldn't have thought of. And this is from Ruth Mitchell at Beer Fairy. Um, Adnams bitter and broadside for me. It's pretty normal in Suffolk. The broadside brings the sweetness and richness, while the bitter keeps it clean, low ABV, and adds swigability. Ordered as a B and B. Interesting. I mean, I, I've had both of those beers. I'm sure. I'm sure both of you have had both of those beers at the varying times. Bearing in mind where we live in the country, <laughs> yeah. um, I wouldn't have pictured it immediately, but I can sort of see that working. I, I can see it working. I would never have thought of doing that, but now it's the only thing I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing you want to try is a pint of. A pint of beer that consists of half a cask of bitter and half a cask of broadside bitter, and that's the one thing you can't do. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> t- typical me. Typical me, isn't it? Um, what about from from your point of view? Have you any experience of of, of blending your own beers at home? Have you ever tried anything? Have you ever looked and gone, oh, that they'll work? Uh, no, but. I have, uh, I, I've been racking my brains. I'm not even sure I've done the whole dark and light with the old oh, the black and tan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the one time I did have a blended beer was about a year ago when me and Michelle went to Scarborough. And on the train between Scarborough and Huddersfield, where we were going to go meet up with uh, the, the one and only Mr. Johnson, uh, we were sharing the train with uh, Stuart. Uh, from North Riding, because he was on his way to Hop City at the time. And he had a couple of cans of Northern Monk beers. Uh, one was called Death, and one was called Glory. And this was at half ten in the morning. And then he got some plastic cups out, and he did proceed to blend them. So I was having a blended Death and Glory at half ten on a Saturday morning. Nicely done. Yeah, yeah, how, how to start off the day. I didn't actually have a bigger beer the whole day than those two beers. Yeah. Um, and I have to admit, I did enjoy it, and I've had both of those beers separately as well. I don't know whether it enhanced or detracted from the experience, but I do know that I did enjoy it. It's just something which doesn't occur to me. I have to admit, and I think I've said that before, and I think when I used to be a Beer Bods subscriber, 
every now and again they would have um, some some options if you wanted to blend. But I've always been of that opinion, and rightly or wrongly, if someone else blends it for me and it comes out in a can or bottle, I'll try it rather than me doing it myself. And uh, like I said, I'm not making any judgments about it, but it's just something I don't think about doing. What about yourself, Rich? Is it something something you've ever done? Other than serving people in, in, in the pub that request it, have, have you ever got two beers and gone, oh, you know what, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them in the same glass? Not unintentionally, no. Tiny Rebel, their birthday beers this year were designed to be blended. Um, so they were all decent beers on their own, but they actually paired up. There was eight re- eight beers released for their birthday, and, and they were coupled up. So there was a lemon sour and a key lime pie, which blended together was meant to work. And uh, there was two New England IPAs that you could blend together. We did, we did the event at the VIG, so obviously for... Um, you know work purposes i had to try all the beers and blend them together and see if they worked um yeah they they changed the beer um i can't say it sort of blew me away but you know it's it still worked i think i replied to this poll i would i'd just love to have a a a proper light and bitter you know a, a young's light ale mixed with a a proper pint of the tetley's um the, the old school tech actually how, how how did you describe it actually richard i think you're you were a little bit uh more colorful in your language when you shared that comment with us um i'd have to go for the old <laughs> classic lighter bitter so a young's light ale mixed with a proper old school pint of tetley's in brackets not that crap they brew now close brackets <laughs> and poured properly and you're very specific as well two-thirds bitter and a bottle mixed in one-third so is that uh, the prescribed amount? No, it's 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 an unwritten rule when you are ordering um, a mix in a pub, is that you don't give half and half. You you pour the first. So if it was let's say Tetley's on cask, you pour what we call a working man's half, just over the half pint. If you if you pour it at half a pint, you you'll you'll get stick for life. So it's a it's a generous half and a bottle of light ale, so that you can use the bottle of light ale at least twice. None of this so half measures. If someone ordered that, what do you charge them? Do you charge them for a half? Charge them for a half and and the price of the bottle of light ale. In that case, they've done quite well out of that deal, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, it's it's if you if you were ever to go into like a a proper old school working man's club or pub and you went in and asked for a, a light and bitter and the bar staff poured you exactly half and and popped a, a bottle of light out next to it chances are they probably wouldn't move from the bar until you topped it up okay that's interesting so there's there's definitely a financial consideration in that particular option as well then it's a bit like having a baker's dozen it keeps the customers happy cool and we like that. Steve, next time we go there to the Vic, I'm just going <laughs> to order. <laughs> a light and bitter. Light and bitter. Yeah. yeah. All day long. Every time Rich, come, yeah, every time Rich comes, to, comes to serve me, I'll, I'll have one of those really big halves, please. Yeah, that's it. And can you top it up with something else? That's that's fascinating. That that that, that really is. That's a, and that's a great insight as well. And that's that's an insight that we wouldn't have got if you weren't with us today, Rich. But we do encourage our listeners to uh, keep this discussion going. Use the hashtag opinions, and you may very well find yourself in this next part of the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. The discussion about corkage has continued in in into bitter in lingerness. <laughs> this week which we thought it might do um because I, I don't think you were particularly clear with your views on on this one last week mate i think you was you know <laughs> sat on the fence a little bit um and yeah, i was too wishy-washy wasn't i yeah <laughs> so so we've got got quite a bit of feedback here so first up from uh jules gray at beer revere now jules is the owner of the hop hideout in she- sheffield 
Um, so she said, you've probably already discussed all of this, but I don't see any indie businesses making huge sums of money. People are being reasonable and charging fairly for services. Also, some have to operate GP's percentage and not a set amount to cover running costs and make a living. Often that is that pound is then reinvested for the benefit of customers and the business events, improving the space, expanding the offering, paying for refrigeration, taking on staff and so forth. The corkage element does simplify things and pricing, especially when beers vary so much, but doesn't really scratch the surface of running a business effectively. So I think I think what Jules has done there is just taken the discussion just a little bit further in, in terms of saying, well, we're, we're, we're going to add a little bit if you want to drink it in. But this is the reason why, because we've got all of these other considerations to make. It was actually a really interesting comment. I'll be honest, I still don't disagree with how it simplifies it by having two prices. So next up from Johnny Beerboy at Johnny Beerboy, just listen to the Corkage episode and I've got to say I'm 100% with Martin's viewpoint. I was hoping we might get a logical answer in the replies to the poll, but nothing came up that changed my opinion. From Pete at Hops and Hoops, I know nothing about running a bar or beer shop. But I guess that there must be a higher margin on draft and small pack for the retailer. Is the higher price for drinking small pack a strategy to push the customer towards the higher margin product when drinking in? I have no answer to that because <laughs> I have no knowledge about running a bar or a beer shop either. No, me either. I can't. I can't add to that. Um, Rich, I believe your 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 stuff from the fridge in the Vic is one price, isn't it? There isn't a you, you don't. Can can you take because we we actually questioned this last week? Can you take buy stuff from your fridge to take away? Yes, yes, you can, and it's but, the same price to take it away it's, 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 as right. it is to drink it in. Yeah, we 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 have a set price strategy across the board, um, and we and we stick by it. We 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 don't muck around with it and do this. I mean, I've been thinking about this this week, you know, with this corkage thing and offering a discount for takeaway beers in my opinion, is encouraging customers to not be in the pub because you could just absolutely yeah go and go in there. Right, I'll buy, I'll have a couple of pints in there. Then I'll, t- I'll tell you what I'll do is because I get it cheaper, I'll take a few cans out the fridge and I'll go home. Whereas the whole point of a pub is for people to sit there and drink and chat with their friends and chat with the staff and make new friends. So offering discounts in pubs is, uh, it, it's, no, nonsense to me <laughs> sorry if that upsets certain people but no nonsense uh doesn't up, doesn't upset me it sounds like rich agrees with me as well I'm, I'm enjoying this at the moment i have to admit i have a different view when it comes to bottle shops I, Ooh, I, okay because, because bottle shops aren't technically designed to sit in and drink so i'm quite happy if i'm going to sit in let's say two brews if i'm going to sit in two brews for a couple of hours taking up his time using his glassware having to have him there i'm quite happy to pay an extra 20p to cover the costs of of what i'm spending but i wouldn't expect him to discount me beer because i'm taking it away i was discussing this with 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 em in the week and and one of the questions that, that that she raised was is is there a is is there a is first well, firstly is there a cost to the license to do things and is there a difference in the cost if you are offering different services so if if you're licensed to for on sales is is the cost of that license one price but if you then choose to do off sales as well is is there an increase in 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 the license or is there no cost to the license at all not that i'm aware of um there is a cost obviously you have to you you have to pay to you know do the qualification and apply for the license and provide all of these checks that you have to have so there is a there is an underlying cost to get a license uh, i'm not 100% sure whether you actually then have to pay for a venue to have a license and i believe um it depends on the the business so as a pub we have an on and off so that's what we we can do some places are purely an off license sales or but i don't think there's a difference in cost if there if there is any cost so if you didn't have the license for off sales as well is is that the situation whereby if somebody then buys something from the fridge you have to open it and put it on the bar you yeah you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to to take 
to buy stuff to take away. I think that's really interesting, actually. And I think this will, you know, we've got a few more comments to get through, but I think, you know, this will carry on. And, you know, as much as I am definite about my views, it'd be great to carry on hearing other people's uh, viewpoints and uh, feelings about this. Oh, I think we've got a few so more from, weeks uh, this one. From Greg Bullman. Great show, guys. I hadn't heard of Hopley's shop. But I've just looked online and there's a load of beers there, but we don't see up north. Seriously considering an order now. And I'm pretty sure Greg did place an order as well. I think he did because I think I tagged Hopley in and then they actually uh, suggested there was a discount code he could use as well to get 10% off his order. So from Chicken Dipper at Chicken Dipper, uh, I agree with Martin too. And I've used the beer o'clock so code to get myself some delicious lager too. A productive Martin. Um, productive Martin? <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's because all these people are talking about Martin. That's that's all I can see in the show notes now is your name everywhere. A productive morning so far. And then again, another one, points of brew at points underscore of underscore brew. Really enjoyed listening to what people had to say on the matter, especially Martin's strong views, shall we say. I do get where he's coming from, though, in a sense. I don't know if I'm happy with all these people uh, <laughs> agreeing so strongly with you, mate. From James at James Moosh. Very interested in your views on the corkage discussion. I don't compare pub and home drinking, so it doesn't occur to me, but a takeout discount has encouraged me to buy it and drink it home. Because at that moment, I want to be in the pub, so I'm buying something to drink in. I can see the argument against, but it seems that your views are based on your experience of pubs charging very high prices for canned bottles drink in, which isn't something I've seen. And uh, to be fair, uh james is right my my views are somewhat colored by some of the experiences i've had in and around the london area riverman brews at riverman brews uk uh great episode i must say that i'm enjoying the shortened lockdown episodes as it means i can listen between conference calls was going to make the same joke about steve disappearing before session three of the fantasy pub crawl but then he made it himself (laughs) (laughs) i'm nothing if but predictable that's that's all i'm gonna say to that one and then another podcast men behaving badly at mbb podcast this is specifically from tom uh love the budvar episode guys amazing insight enjoyed enjoying the current length of episodes only because it's helping me catch up on episodes fairly swiftly my podcast listening has dropped off since i've stopped commuting i think this is a lot of people referring to uh our new snippets that that we're we're putting yeah. out that, that we like to like to refer to them as and, uh, you know, I think the phrase snippet was um, coined by, by the person who wrote the next comment, Mark N. Johnson. Great show that showcased my comment in the best way. Lots of discussion that I both agreed and disagreed with. Great to hear agreement and opposing views from everyone. Nice work. Thank you very yes, much, Mark. Mark. Yeah, it means a lot. Thank you. Uh, from Insignificant at Discombrobulated. Really enjoying the short format. All the familiar bits are smaller. Love listening, even if I do disagree with some of the opinions. Uh, and then one final one from Matt Callaby at Callaby Matt. Uh, yeah, these are brilliant guys. Keep me smiling on my morning walk. Keep it up, please. Um, so some really nice feedback there this this week. Um, and now we've got just uh, just one single question this week as well. Questions, questions fill my head. And this is from the what seems to be the question machine, Miles Lambert. Miles <laughs> Lambert. Isn't he just? Who asked us, which four iconic beer bottles or cans would you have in your design for a beery Mount Rushmore? Now, for people that don't know what Mount Rushmore is, and I'm guessing there are some people that don't, it's the, uh, it's the cliff face in America that's got four faces of United States presidents etched into it so um we did go back to miles and we said well what are you talking about we're talking about design are we talking about the the beer itself are we talking about them being pivotal to our journey and we kind of came up with a bit of a hybrid of all of those for 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 our mount rushmore's didn't we yeah although i've definitely used the um journey aspect i've got a bit journey and a bit design so should we let our um should we let our guest go first with this one, who yeah, I believe did you, actually have, reply to Miles, but I, I missed did. the reply. I've just gone for four classic beers, bearing in mind that the four presidents are four classic presidents. So I've gone for uh, Timmy Taylor's Landlord, uh, Old Peculiar, Fuller's ESB, and uh, I've got written down here the original Tetley's. So Steve, what's your 
four beers. Okay, so I've got uh, I, I've got visual aids as well, which clearly isn't going to work as a pod on a, on a podcast. <laughs> but I've got them here to, to to show to you guys. Well, at least I've got three of my four. Um, so my first one would be this uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale because it, it's an absolute classic, as as far as I'm concerned. Also, bottle design wise, it's still quite unique in terms of its bottle design, so it stands out quite well. And obviously, one of the first beers that really started me on my craft beer journey back in the day the next one again an iconic beer for me adnam's broadside um the adnam's bottles themselves are very iconic in in their shape and style and broadside is a beer that i will go for literally every time that i see that one um on 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 a shelf um the bottled version i believe is far superior than the cask version um and i will i imagine i'm going to have a few people from suffolk coming at me on on that comment but i will stand by my guns that i think the bottled broadside is better uh my third one is this um absolute iconic beast it's the the original unhuman cannonball in in a bottle um with the etched um design work on it um this is a beer that really um defined the early stages of of, of my craft beer journey it was it was one of those that first time i'd ever had a 12 percent beer and it blew my socks off um the old design the the, the old characters still the one that stands out for me that the most uh, so I would have that rather than the new canned version. And then the final one, which I don't have a bottle of, un- unfortunately, uh, because they changed the design of the bottle. So this is where I've got a slight caveat. It would be uh, Fuller's Vintage, but pre-2014 in in the old bottles. Um, because, again, I think an absolute icon of, of a beer um, and, and one that deserves to be up there with with my four Mount Rushmore beers for me. Can can you pick a whole series of beers on Mount Rushmore? I'm that's just... not that's not a whole series. It's uh, any any bottle pre twenty fourteen. You can go with the original yeah, if, let's if, not... if you want. Yeah, yeah, unless you're on my desert island, in which case that mountain face will have all of them. Of course. Um, actually, quite interesting because we've we've definitely got a we've got a duplicate beer there, Steve, and we didn't discuss this previously. And I almost had uh, Magic Rock and Human Cannibal in there as well. Yeah, um, the only reason I didn't have it in there is because I was a bit of a late comer to Unhuman Cannibal. So, um, although once I found it, I loved it and the whole concept of the Cannibal Run, but it was quite late, a bit late through my beer journey. So, I've gone for, like I said, a bit of a, it's a journey versus design thing for me, journey times design thing for me. So, Meantime IPA, the 750 milliliter bottle, 7.4%, cork and cage. Um, first discovered this uh, in Greenwich around about 2006. And I hadn't really seen beer presented like this previously. And I did buy a bottle from the place and um, really, really enjoyed it. And this is when, you know, Greenwich were uh, an independent brewery. And I think at the time, were the only independent brewery in London after Fuller's because Young's are sold up by then. Uh, so circa 2010, uh, part of my Belgian beer journey, uh, Martin's IPA. Uh, again, another cork and cage, 750 milliliters. First discovered this on a trip to Antwerp, 6.9%. It's beautiful. And I have the uh, the glass that goes with it as well. And then and let's face it, my four Mount Rushmore beers couldn't exclude this beer, Jaipur, but mm. the old five, the old five hundred milliliter bottle. This was this was twenty eleven. First work beer tasting I held it, uh, in the office. Jeff Evans chose all the beers. I discovered Jaipur, and I don't think I've ever looked back. And finally, and this is our our duplicate beer, Steve Fuller's Vintage Ale, specifically for me even though the bottle design is exactly the same for a number of bottles, but because it's one of my favourites, the 2006 iteration. Uh, first tried this, I think, in 2014. Loved it. And you, this is when you were able to buy it at sensible prices, both online, from the Fuller's shop, if you were there in person, or in a, in a Fuller's pub before the prices went all crazy. So th- there's my four. And um, I would quite happily have those overnight, yeah. to be honest. So, same here. I mean, they're four beers that I would drink again and, and again and again. Could could thoroughly enjoy them every time. 
Uh, great question from Miles. Uh, no, don't know where he gets these from, to be honest. <laughs> no, no, but just keep the responses coming in on the, uh, the your Mount Rushmore of beers. Uh, use the hashtag opinions. Now, just before we um, give some final thoughts on our beers, uh, just a reminder that we do have the Fantasy Pub Crawl coming up on Saturday 9th of May. There are still some spaces left across all three sessions. Um, we are still, at the moment, just restricting people to one session um, each, uh, but we will let you know, probably on next week's show, whether we're going to relax that a little bit and, and let you book across multiple sessions if, if there are still spaces available. So uh, we'll put the links in the show notes again. Uh, if you want to get involved in that, make sure you sign up. You'll need the password, which is Scrabble, which will enable you to go in and, and book your spot. Um, also, if you want to uh, be our next rich as as well this is something that we're going to do um we're going to do this try and do this every other show uh why we're still releasing weekly is to have a guest drinker with us um basically you'll need some sort of headset and microphone combo um but if you want to be involved uh send us a dm and we'll chat to you about your availability and when you can possibly come on as well. So let's do one final uh, round the table on, on, on thoughts on your beers, um, starting with our guest drinker this week. Uh, Rich, I believe you've probably got an empty glass there. Uh, how have your utopian beers been? Yeah, great. Um, like I say, I, I've not had decent lagers for a long time, and this is just a joy to have four different styles of of lager um that are all say full of flavor really easy to drink and and thoroughly enjoyable and uh, yeah i have got an empty glass so time for time for a fill up soon <laughs> excellent mark martin final thoughts on the uh the, the porter from and sebastian hob day very very accom- accomplished version of the uh iconic london beer the porter really well balanced very easy to drink at 6.7%. Re- the smoky chocolatey notes are really well balanced. No, nothing's too overpowering. And I know you've got the IPA and the porter still to come, Steve, but I'd be quite happy if I had another couple of each to go. Excellent. And um, my old jock from Broughton, um, I've enjoyed this one. This is this is much more up my street. Uh, full-bodied, thick, caramel, malty um uh, a, a real de- delight to drink so many thanks to both Broughton Owls and to Anspach and Hobday for sending those beers across Rich thank you for being our first guest drinker on one of, on one of our little snippets keep using the hashtag opinions and and keep getting involved in what we're doing so until next week cheers all cheers, cheers guys Mount Rushmore rocks Mount Rushmore rocks